Sometimes the world just needs a hero to help cut through all the noise. Well, now you have two. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to yet another episode of Your Heroes of Noise on one half of this dynamic duo. My name is Steve. And my name is Dan. Welcome to episode 149. Steve, guess what, man? What's that? We're, we're knocking on one, we're like on 150's ass right now. Are we knocking on heaven's door? Uh, no, we're, we're 150. We're knocking on 150's door. Not heaven, Steve. Heaven doesn't exist, but that's a whole other, <laughs> it's a whole other thing, man. But anyway, like I'm saying, we're now approaching 200. That's crazy. It's very crazy, man. Think about all the hours of, of uh, audio that we put out there. Just people listening to us ramble, listen to me stammer like I'm stammering right now. It's very crazy that we've done this much audio. So I'm very happy today. I got a lot of energy. Welcome to the show, everyone. You know, it's funny because uh, I can't imagine how much audio you've been editing. But I mean, recently, not as much, I imagine. But still, in the past, that's a lot of hours of editing, including the word. That's a lot, dude. Outside of like things, because, you know, we're not in a real studio. So outside of things where someone comes in, has to talk to me or studio lag or excuse me, what's called studio on here. But like, you know, audio lag, I guess is really what it is, where I have to fix it because of Internet slowing down or whatever. That's really all I do now. It's pretty much what you guys are hearing is the actual show now. That's beautiful, man. We're Isn't getting great? there. We're Isn't evolving. Freaking amazing, dude. Because I remember like back in the day, like on the first, if you listen to the first word episodes, maybe like the first five, ten, I was really just figuring out how to do it. So I was editing everything out because I was like going online and I was looking at you know, uh, what are they, like YouTube tutorials and all these guys are like, stop saying um and uh and having long spaces and everything. No one wants to hear that. So I'm like, okay, all right, oh, cool. So I would like take all that shit out. And as a result, it would be like, hi, welcome to the world. My name is Andrew. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I was yeah. like, I wasn't learning really how to, uh, put spaces in and make it sound natural. So it took a, it took a long time. How was your week? Jay? My week has been uh, uneventful. However, that's good, right? Like nothing bad has happened to me. Yes. Had to do a couple of COVID patients recently. The ones that are like the real bad ones, the ones Wait. that are vented. And then um, not to make it sad, but uh, you have heard that a coworker of ours passed recently in my no, department. No, I did not. Right? Uh, yeah, so there's a uh, not really a coworker, but she's in the department and she passed. She caught it and she uh, she's now gone. I and I heard not, the name. I did not know who she was, probably. Well, that's what I thought, too. I've heard the name. I've like talked to this person before, but it's a huge place and I'm not there all the time. So when I'm walking around, there's a lot of, hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? And, and just knowing these people by face. So it turns out it was really sad, but such a sweetheart. Like I was walking down the hall and they had this little memorial thing. And uh, yeah, she's gone. It was just crazy, dude. Like, like this thing is enough. Enough's enough. Yeah, it's it's a serious situation. I think I'm now, mind you, I'm overly I'm overly like cautious. So I think that maybe we are opening a little bit too soon, in my opinion, for the sake of business and all that stuff. And I get it; it's a tough thing to 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 travel. But I'm reading this book called The Pale Horse, and it's about the Spanish flu, dude. Everything is happening exactly the same. They're like, well, it was going away, but people kind of got bored of staying inside. They got sick of wearing their masks. They saw their governor take their mask off. And so they were like, hey, if he has his mask off, why do we? I was like, oh, my God, we're doing the exact same thing. He's like, yeah, it's the same thing that happened back in the day. We're, we're repeating it. My dad used to say that things go in cycles, you know? Yes. Like the way that Bobby Brown's amping like Michael, you know? Oh. You know? 
Nothing? No love for that? Hey. Damn, man. I thought you liked that 90s hip-hop stuff. I was trying to relate to you on an urban level. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. You know, this week I'm more on my African roots, you know what I'm saying? Because of, you know, certain movies I've seen. You know, I'm into my, my drums and such. Man, did you happen to know? We'll talk about uh, yes. what, you're, what you're hinting at right now. Yes. What I'm still going to hint at. But did you happen to notice the design in some of the dashikis that had, like, branding on them? I did not. <laughs> this is pretty funny shit, dude. Like, I just, you know, there was just a lot of little gems. I don't want to go there yet. We'll talk about it. But there's a lot of little gems. I'm talking about coming to America. We saw it. And I was supposed to feel fancy about this, Steve. We should feel fancy about it because, uh, as you know, we got screeners for this, right? But then Amazon decides to go, hey, here's a screener. And also, here's the regular show. Like, why did you send me a screener if it starts up that day? I don't get it. Well, look, dude, we got it a day early. Did we, though? We did. They dropped it at midnight. And we got it the day, uh, the okay, day maybe. Fine. Yeah, dude, we well, got it early, bro. It didn't feel special to me, Steve, because when I was watching it, it went live. And I'm like, well, then what's the point? You yeah, know? dude, that's, I watched it as soon as I got that joint almost. Well, then you're a better man than me. I try to be. How are you, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing very well. Um, it's funny because... There's a few things that like today I'm very ex- I'm very excited for our reviews. Like this feels like it's going to be a review show because we have a lot of reviews and all of the movies that were that even you're reviewing and we're reviewing together. I'm excited to talk about because we don't really get a chance to review do full on reviews anymore and so I'm kind of excited. Well, we have plenty of time to do it. We just choose not to. Yes. Because other things happen. That's true and I'm not going on tangents today. I'm keeping a straight line, bro. Uh, I kind of like the tangents, though, but happen. we do have a lot of time to fill. <laughs> like, there's a lot that we can talk about. So, yeah. um, nothing so much in the news. I'm trying to think. Is there anything newsworthy that we should talk about before we get going on this uh, joint, this genre, if you will? Mm. Oh, the Black Superman. Oh, you already talked about Black Superman. Yeah, but it wasn't official. Remember, we just hinted at it, and it ended up being like, uh, I don't think it's going to happen. So we'll move on from that. I don't think it's going to happen. We're fine. We it's might get happen. it. We might. What else is going to be remade? Another remake, Steve. Oh, A Quiet Place is dropping in May. Yes, that's okay. There you go. There's some good hit, hard hitting news right there. Yeah. So it took the place of what was the movie that it took the place out of? See, I'm not ready to ha- talk about news, so I should have this shit ready to go. But one of the movies. Oh, Fast Nine. Oh, good riddance. <laughs> so I have another year to tell people that I'll catch up and watch these movies eventually. Don't. I'm not gonna. I don't, don't. think I am. I'm not even into, like, I have a new car, but I'm not into cars. No big deal. You know, your car is like I'm a Fast and Furious car. I got like a dope-ass car, but I'm not into cars. That's what I'm saying, <laughs> see? I like to show off, you know? Dude's going to be doing donuts in the middle of the street. <laughs> hey, so I was hoping, we were going to use video, but it didn't work out. We're having a bandwidth issue. So I might um, start mine up in a minute. Okay, well, then maybe I will too, but it doesn't How mean about it's going to go so anywhere. How about don't ruin things? Wow. <laughs> Wow, that kind of hurt, dude. Like, I wasn't really ready for that one. I'm not entirely sure on what level you're coming at. I was talking here. about your bandwidth. I don't understand it. I've always, I really do think it's like a hardware issue because we have, mm, probably, I pay for expensive internet just like anyone else does. That shit is not cheap. Hey, so, look, man, look. You, I, I know a guy. I know a guy. Do you know a guy? I know a guy. It's called, his name is Steve. Oh, I was going to say, have Steve fix his shit too then. Uh, I don't need to anymore. I upgraded everything. You did not, sir. Hey, you listen. Really did? My router is so fast. Anyway, I'm not going to brag. How fast you know is people it? People can't get it. How fast? 
it's so I'm just, fast. I'm, le- I'm letting you know that most young folks are not going to get that reference from back in the day. Because I don't even know who originally said it. But when I was young, I used to be like my dad and my mom, and you know, they'd have little uh, dinner get togethers and someone would be like, this thing is so whatever. And they'd be like, well, blah, blah, is it? And I'm like, okay, I grew up with that. I don't think people know that now. Only the smart people do. That's welcome to grown folks jokes. That's what grown we're talking about. Today. Folks, that's actually. Do you have a grown folk? Give me a grown. Oh, that's great. Give me a grown folks joke, Dan. Mm, let's see. Well, I'll tell you what, Steve. I'd rather have a bottle in front of me than I have a frontal lobotomy. Dude, that's really good. I've never heard that. <laughs> <laughs> I've never yes. heard that before. <laughs> you, okay, you do one. <laughs> you do one. That is really good, dude. You asked for a grown folks joke. I gave you one. Your turn. Uh, shoot, dude. I don't have, I just have a bunch of mean jokes. I don't have grown folks stuff. You don't have dad jokes? You're a dad. Come on. Oh, no. I don't have dad jokes. All my jokes are pretty uh, mean or um, not dad-like. I would like to have a dad joke off because the king of dad jokes is Kevin Shanks. That dude has such dad jokes. You know like, what? I'd call it a bunch of joke offs. That's what I call you. That's what I. If we you guys were acting like a bunch of jokers, <laughs> so you guys could get together and be like, "Oh, Shanks will get you." But we, I think, you should have like four people that are really good at dad jokes and be like, "Here's the bunch of joke offs." Yeah, welcome to the circle joke. Oh, you just go round and round telling jokes. The joke offs have a circle joke. It has to be dad jokes though. None of this real good joke stuff. It has to be goofy bullcrap. You ever joke off with your dad? All right. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I got nothing, so I'm just. Hey, uh, we sometimes gotta, sometimes I should probably just think before I speak. Uh, look in the chat, Jay. I don't know if you want to see that or not. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna. No offense, but I'm gonna side with user error. I'm gonna need to see one more before anything happens. Let me see. If That's what there. I say when. Oh, I'm not gonna even go. That's disgusting. You're gonna see, need to see one. Okay. <laughs> But enough about dicks, Steve. No, I was going to be like when I meet a. Go ahead. No, I'm not going to because I am happy in a wonderful situation right now. And that's not a good joke. Yeah, you probably. I've stopped you a couple of times. I've saved you. You have. And you didn't have like it wasn't mean or anything. You were just being a guy. And I'm like, hey, you probably shouldn't say that. (laughs) All right. So I did hit her back. But this is like six minutes ago. Slim Shady. I don't know. See, here's the thing. This is a pretty solid format outside of like bandwidth issues and video and stuff like that. It's pretty solid. And we've only had two people that have truly struggled with this. Yeah. And also the bandwidth bandwidth problem is not on their side. <sighs> I'm saying it's a it's end. <laughs> it's a solid platform. The end. Yeah. I think you were being kind of shady. right? No, there. I wasn't. I was just saying it's not their fault that certain people, you know, are using um, you know, those hard drives the size of their kitchen counter. Nobody yeah. specific. Basically random, Maris. <laughs> <laughs> New car, old modem. Wow, dude. <laughs> Just, you know what? I want you to get into a plane. Uh-huh. I want you to, to go all the way as high as you can go, right? Mm-hmm. And I want you to skydive. And when uh-huh. you land, yes. I want the parachute to like all of a sudden fail, but not so you get hurt. Yeah, it's only a few feet off the ground. But when you land, you, you land and get submerged into a big, giant garbage bag full of dicks. Oh, that's an interesting. Well, you know what? Can you videotape me while I because if I skydive through your bandwidth, I'll just robot all the way down. Um, 
Okay. All right. Okay. That's cool. Huge was, bag of dicks, Steve. Have, Just a massive <laughs> bag of dicks. <laughs> and then I want to see you scramble out of there, reaching just to get out. That's what I want to see. Hey, check it out. Uh, this yep. is not really a plug, but this is something that Daniel was talking about on the Startcast. Uh-huh. Because Daniel's a singer, as y'all know. And uh, he tries something he re- highly recommended and at the same time didn't recommend it. It says it's terrible. And apparently I bought the wrong one because I, I bought this last night. I'll tell you what I bought. But uh, he said... Don't buy the honey lemon. And I bought the honey lemon. Jesus. Oh, oops. It's, a, it's called Singer's Soothing Throat Spray. Mm-hmm. So like the allergies, they be getting to me, Steve. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm going to try this out. I'm going to do a live taste test. All right. Let me hear it. Up, All right, go ahead. Let me just read the instructions real quick because I don't want to overdo it and poison myself. And then you got to call 911. <laughs> while I'm, uh, let's see. All right. It says, suggested use. Spray twice in the throat and swallow. Hey! All right, so do not exceed 12 <laughs> applications in a day. All right, here we go. All right. Oh, fuck. <laughs> it's nasty, dude. Ugh. Is it really? It tastes like, um, it tastes like, uh, you don't know what that stuff, you never had Jägermeister, huh? I puked, I never drank it, drank oh. it again. Oh, okay, but do you remember that licorice taste? I do. So it's that with a little bit of dirt and maybe some, well, let's just see what's in it here. He did read it on the show, but I, you know, that's another show. So no, it's not alcohol. If if Daniel's that's true. All natural. Okay. Yerba Mansa. That's a root. You heard of it. Mm -hmm. And then they, they, they wanted to throw in a little bit of fresh stone root. They don't like that dried shit, that frozen stuff. They got to do the fresh stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Stone root. This is some stone root. Oh, there it is. Licorice root. Uh, propolis gum B. Well, hold on. Propolis, which is a gum B product, not okay. Gumby, not Gumby, but a Gumby. Gum, gum, never mind. You know what I'm saying? And then there's a little bit of echinacea in there because in case you get sick and make you feel better. And then the last, oh, ginger. And then this last one here, he was talking about this. So I'm not going to like, I'm not trying to jack his material, but I'd never heard of this before. I'm wondering if you have Jack in the pulpit. No. Hey, you want to go Jack in the pulpit? Yeah. Okay. So that, anyway, that's it. How does it uh, work for you? <clears throat> I don't know. How do I sound? Do I sound any different? You sound exactly the same. But I'm is saying, how do you feel better? Like, is your throat less scratchy? Let me see. Hold up. Let me see. <clears throat> yeah, I think it works pretty well. Yeah. Okay. You could always use water. Yeah, it's working. I like it. You know what's not working? What's that? My dumb fucking sound effects thing. <laughs> I was trying to do something. All right. It's not working. Well, you know what? Patreon, ladies and gentlemen, uh, help me get new equipment because apparently nothing in my house fucking works right now. <laughs> I don't know, man. I got to upgrade everything, dude. You know, it's only a matter of time till I have to update this Mac. Uh, No, the Mac's going to last for a long time. Jesus. Nothing works here right now. We're broken. Okay. Anyway. What else do you want to talk about before we get down? Because we do have a lot of stuff to talk All about. All right, let's get into the um, contact information. You want to do that? All right, let's hold do on. it. See, so you threw me off. I really wasn't uh, ready oh, for is contact the, is information. Oh, is the thing going to work? It's not working. No, I'm just kidding. Hold on. It'll I can work. do the music for you. Oh, that would be good. Like an acapella one? Uh, sure. Nah, I, I, you know why? Lag will fuck it up. It's my, it's my Ethernet. It won't work. I don't even know if anyone's here. I'm also a little bit... You know what? The, you got to understand there's going to be some like pauses on this one because... Uh, I'm a little distracted. We keep waiting for people to call in. We were just talking about this, how it's like, you know, we like this format and we want to incorporate you guys into the show a little bit more, but we have to stop. 
focusing on who's calling in and stuff, it's a little bit distracting. Would you not agree, Steve? Uh, I have this. I have the chat closed still. No, well, you're just doing the most, aren't you, buddy? Thanks for all your effort <laughs> Cause, today. Because I realized it's like, oh, I kept looking at it. And I was like, okay, I need to be focused on the show. Okay, fair enough. All right, here we go. Let's do it. Hey. Welcome to the Broken Cast. My name is Dan Ramirez, and that is Steve Hudson over there. Just kidding, it's the Heroes of Noise podcast. If you want to get a hold of the show, hit us up at Heroes of Noise podcast at gmail.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Heroes of Noise podcast at gmail.com. Lots of people send us stuff over there. Sometimes we feel important, you know what I'm saying? But I don't like bragging. Let's talk about Twitter for just a second. If you want to reach us on Twitter, hit us up at Heroes of Noise. That is at Heroes of Noise. You can reach me, Dan, your buddy, at Dan Q Public. Steve, your other buddy, at SE underscore Hudson Music. SE Hudson, ladies and gentlemen, he makes music. And that's why it's at S-E underscore Hudson Music. The underscore is just a douchey thing, but we allow it because it's been a long time and he doesn't have to change his handle. You know what I'm saying? But tell you what, just go to www.heroesofnoise.com. Check us out. Check out our reviews. Leave us a review. It'd be fantastic if you did. iTunes reviews. Hey, speaking of reviews, we got people writing reviews over there. You know what I mean? We got uh, we got Shannon in the house. She's writing uh, reviews on books. We got Johnny Bucks talking about board games. We got Samara Whitmer talking about metal. It's a good place to be. So I recommend you check it out. Other than that, we have a lot to talk about. So I'm going to go ahead and just fade on out here and let's get back to the show. So Dan. Yes, Steve. You have watched a lot of things this week. I've watched enough. You've watched a bit, dude. You've wa- And I was actually surprised because sometimes during the week you're like, I haven't had a chance to watch much. And then all of a sudden you're like, I watched this, 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 and this. And uh, why don't you let the wonderful listeners hear one of the things that you've been watching? Okay. I'm going to start off with a mea culpa. Oh, all right. Because I have said in the past, recently, in fact, that I did not care for the new CW Superman. Uh, Tyler Hoechlin, I think is how you say his name. I don't know, because I'm really just kind of learning about this guy. But I never cared for the aesthetics of of that particular Superman. The whole five o'clock shadow, the fact that he weighs like a buckle five. He's just not very threatening looking. And in fact, I'm just not into CW shows. I used to like The Flash, and then The Flash fell off. And I really haven't gone back ever since. But my son Ben was watching Superman and Lois the other day, and he asked me to sit down and watch it with him. And I have to tell you a couple of things. First of all, I'm fully sold on this Superman now. I think he's pretty dope, dude. And he the only thing is, is that I, you know, I made the comment about how he looks like a little bit uh, scrawny for a Superman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to ruin it for y'all, but it's like if you look at him, it looks you can totally tell that it, it's kind of like how a Homelander is like he's got fake muscles on. Absolutely. But it looks like a turtle shell. Like his neck is too scrawny. For the the yokeness of the suit, so he kind of looks like uh like he could just like and like lower his head in, you know, and then like pop out like a turtle and shit, and kind of like <laughs> you know. <laughs> this is more of a visual thing, ladies and gentlemen. But it's um it was a little bit off putting at first, but once I got past that, I like that they've kind of beefed him up a little bit. But he's a really good Superman, man. And uh, Lois is okay. Have you watched the show? I have not watched the show yet, but I've seen clips, and I was like, oh, I'm in. I am super in. Yeah. What's really cool about this is it's a, it's a version of Superman that I haven't seen before because, you know, we've we've already seen him come to Earth and we've seen Zod come down and, you know, everything that's happened in the DC universe recently. Of course, all the stories that were with Christopher Reeve and Brandon Routh and all that kind of stuff. But what I've never seen before is Superman now married to Lois with two teenage kids and how that all works. You know, like 
I don't really want to give it's only I think the only pilot. Yeah, it's just the pilot that's out right now. So I don't want to give too much on this one. But like he's got two kids. There's a there's a, an alien and a human. You can kind of figure out where this is going. Uh huh. But I won't say how and I won't say who shows up in this one. We do have a villain show up in this one very briefly that we all know and a little bit of a different spin on it. I'll let you figure that one out, too. But I will say that Superman and Lois is really good, dude. Like this first episode, you Jesus Christ, this first episode was uh, like it was super solid. Like I wanted more immediately. So I'm looking forward to this. And I was really hoping I thought that you'd seen it, which is why I watched it in the first place. No, I just I just like him as a okay, dude, I've been spoiled. I am the worst because now the week to week bull jive. is just not for me anymore. I have graduated. I've graduated. I don't know if that's a good thing. I know. You've devolved, I think. No, I think we've evolved, but people that are used to the other way be like, well, maybe this is better. It's too bad. Like a lot of people with the horse and carriage is like, but horse and carriages, less people die. Too bad. We like going 90 miles an hour on the freeway. Don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Yeah. That's what happens. More people die, but you get somewhere faster. That's how we go. I have to prepare now because this is a podcast related question, Steve. Mm-hmm. Do I have to prepare myself to never properly and in real time review like series shows now that are dropping week to week? Are we always going to have to wait? Um, on, no offense. No, no, no. I, mean, I, mean, gonna... I don't mean like wait on you when I say it that way, but like, you know, it's our show. So to properly do this, do I always have to wait till the end of a series now before we can talk about it? No, because there's some shows, obviously, that you're. Go- I'm going to have to watch that least watch the premiere. Like there's certain shows that I'm like. You already know that I'm just saying I have to watch at least the premiere of this show. Now, the week to week thing, we don't really do week to week. We've never the only time we've ever done week to week where we talk about something every week as it drops has been Preacher. After that, it's one of those things we talk about things either first episode or when it's done. And we're like, hey, that was good. I liked it. It's not like, did you see the episode of The Flash this week? No. See, I think that we we were going to do that at one point. It was going to be, uh, what was it? It was going to be Black Lightning. And then we watched it. <laughs> I watched a whole season. You're, you're a braver man than me. Yeah, I, did I, watched not, I don't want to bag on the show, but it just wasn't my cup of tea. Yeah. The, the, it was the costumes that threw me. And I ended up, I think for me, the only thing that stopped me from watching the next season is it was the, um, I had too many shows. Like for a show to stick out at this point, it has to be just a good show, man, for me to take time because there's just too many out. Oh, you know what uh, show I watched week to week? Was no, that? I didn't. No, I didn't. Yes, I did. The first uh, season of The Boys. Oh, yeah, we had to. That's right. We were actually planning on doing a podcast for that one, but it was a week to week thing that we couldn't figure out the schedule on. Oh, that's right. But then I just it just once you get you have to you're like, I'm not I can't wait. I need to know what happens the next week. Yeah, other, other I shows know. I'm like, yeah, I can wait. I'm fine. Well, one just ended, which was WandaVision. Yeah. And you're not going to watch it and holy shit. Okay, dude. let me ask you this. Okay. Did you like WandaVision more than The Boys? Well, I'm there that's apples and oranges. I you can still you actually did people know that you can compare apples and oranges? I don't know if people got that memo. Well, one is an apple and one is an orange. And you can compare the two. It's not apples to apples. I understandable, you can compare those two. But you can compare different foods. That's true. But uh, I mean, why? You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> I, did I like, like it more? Um, yes. It's just a different show, dude. Do you know what I mean? 
like I one is very graphic and and outlandish and it's yeah. it's it's about which one you enjoyed more that's it all i can say is i really 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 enjoyed wandavision i was intrigued episode to episode okay. and i think that the uh you know, I never really got into the whole speculation. I don't know how much attention you paid to that, but there was a lot of speculation yeah, going on. It. Who's yeah, who's going to be on you know, who's the the big bad that's gonna come out? And then mm-hmm. Bentley, of course, was trolling everyone, saying, Oh, there's gonna be this Luke Skywalker like uh entrance at the end. And uh spoilers, no such thing. It's not really spoilers because it's all over the news now, but I, I think they nailed it, bro. I, I wasn't really expecting too much. Whoever showed up would have been fine with me. And I think I like it better that way. Like, I'm not really coming at it, like, from that hardcore comic standpoint. I was just enjoying the show and the performances of everyone. And cool. I think that, you know, Elizabeth Olsen, uh, Paul Bettany, and Catherine <laughs> Hahn all did outstanding this entire episode, or this entire season, rather. And um, I don't know her name. I don't have it pulled up right now. But, you know, that lovely lady that plays Monica Rambo. Yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoy watching her, Steve. What do you mean by that, Dan? I just think she's a great actress. I don't understand what you're I, I Oh, you just think she's a good actress? Oh, I can understand that. Yeah, I just enjoy all of her work. <laughs> but I, here's the other thing. And I know I was talking about Superman right now, but really, honestly, I'll just also, say- her name is Tiana Paris. Thank you very much. I didn't have that one pulled up. I will say this. Um, going back to Superman versus Lois, it's, or <laughs> Superman versus Lois. Now there's a show right there. I want to see that shit. But uh, I meant Superman and Lois. I really like this one. I don't really have too much to say about it, only because it was the first episode. I can tell you that the episode really pulled me in. I'll be back soon. And I plan on watching it week to week, unless it just totally takes a shit like some of these CW shows do. So on one episode alone, I'm going to go ahead and give that one. uh, I will give it a I'll give it four out of five, actually four out of five Krypton darts. Kryptonite going high. I'm sorry. I'm a. You know what? This throat spray is fucking with me a little bit. So I'm all like <clears throat> trying not to. Are you sure you're and, not allergic to anything in that? I don't know, my throat's closing up. No, I think I'm fine. But it, it left a little something. You know how like when you're talking to somebody and then that little that little layer of like phlegm will oh, yes. <laughs> will, co- will cover their throat. And then they sound like one of those little toys at the toy uh-huh. store. Like, that sound. I was trying to prevent that. But I'm back now. That's why I said a super. <clears throat> maybe I'm not. Hold on a second. Time out. I apologize. I don't know about this throat spray, finger spray, Daniel. Jesus Christ. All right, I'm back. I apologize, man. Wow. Yeah, fuck all that. I'll just drink Jaeger. Yeah, there it is. There it is for Dan. Even though you stopped drinking, so you can't drink. It was that. a joke, Steve. Okay. Jeez. Why you gotta make why you gotta make me feel bad? Never, never shame a man. I was going to make it. I was like, oh, that's right. He stopped drinking. So I can't even say, yeah, you're going to drink Jaeger now. <laughs> I thought you're going to be like, and there it is. What time is it? It only took a couple of days, didn't it, Ramirez? No, I'm glad you didn't go that way. Actually. No, dude. I knew you. I knew you don't drink. Man, speaking of uh, drinking and other things, I stayed up kind of late last night. I fell down this rabbit hole. Do you know who Artie Lang is? I do. Oh, man. What a sad story. I watched his whole meltdown in like a 50 minute video last Jesus. night on YouTube. That's just the whole thing where okay. he was on the Stern show and started like nodding off cause he was, he was on heroin and uh, he was trying to hide it for a really long time. And then how like <laughs> much like how I just lashed out at you is why I'm jokingly saying this is that you see when it just gets to the point where it's like, you can't hide it anymore. And then he's like a he's like a cornered animal and he just lashed out at everyone that gave him that made him basically on that show. 
And it was just really sad, man. And then, you know, he, he goes away. He leaves the Stern show. And then you see him on video, like what? I don't know. Maybe five, six years later. You've seen him lately, right? With his he nose. He was great how it on is. crashing. Dude, did you see the thing, how his nose is now? Yeah. That's crazy. Did you hear how he got that way? No, I just, because I'm not, uh, Artie Lang, he's just been a side person in in things that I watch, and I just, yes. you just know him. You're like, I, oh, I'll yeah, be honest with you, I'm not an Artie Lang fan, I'm not a fan of his comedy or anything like that. I liked him on the show until he started really just yeah. going to hell, you know? But what happened was, he went on a massive drug binge, he was really into snorting coke and heroin, and he was at some woman's house. And I'm not entirely sure why this was on the table, but there was a bunch of glass, like actual glass. Interesting. That was all crumbled up or, you know, chopped up, whatever you yeah. want to call it. Fine powder. And he mistook, he mistook that for Coke. And he just sniffed a bunch of like raw glass Jesus. and it just absolutely obliterated his septum. So now like, you know, like it basically just the, the part that holds your nose up yeah. and makes it look like a nose is just now gone. So it's just flat against his face. But like a who would different put person. crumbled glass on a teeth? That's yeah. I mean, there's, so I'm I sure can't really, ha- I mean, not be, if you're a Coke user uh-huh. and there's crumbled glass on the table, I could yeah. get how you could, no one's going to walk in and be like, Oh, you idiot. How did you, well, yeah, who would do that? Sounds a little bit purposeful in my opinion. Well, I was going to say he strikes me as semi suicidal, but the other thing is, and you know, I'm not like judging the guy because when you're on drugs and when you're when you're an addict, you know, you say things that just help you cope. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of those are lies. So who knows, man? Maybe he just got to the point because I've heard of this too, where people are just doing so much blow that they're they put a hole into their septum. If this guy's going like balls out, mad, mad, like I think he was, mm-hmm. maybe the whole thing just fell they're like a like a roof caving in or something like that. I don't know, <laughs> but it's wild. Anyway, yeah, sad stuff, man. I was just, it was, I fell down this hole and I was like, because, you know, I used, like I said, I used to listen to Stern. I used to like listening to him on the show. I thought he was a great addition to the show. And then, of course, heroin got him. And God damn it, it's sad. But anyway, I digress. Uh, what were we talking about? Superman and Lois. Yeah, good shit. Let's move along. <laughs> am I t- oh, how am I doing? And you know what I'm also, you know what I'm sad about, Steve? Uh-huh. I put out a link and, and no one's... Uh... Are you still looking at that? Well, I just have to in case <laughs> someone shows up. Oh, no, Wait. I don't because it doesn't really matter. Bingo. That's right. Y'all are just here for the audience, audience experience. And yeah. maybe that's not, that's why they're like, you know what? Fuck you. We're not going to come on. I'll just wait. Your show's not that important. That could be what's going on. I'm going to go ahead and just the, get off. I'm going to check the ingredients on that spray. Am I babbling a little bit? No, you're not. You're fine. Maybe it's the glass I just snorted. There it is. <laughs> All right. What uh, else what are you watching? Uh, okay. This is one that... I, okay. I know you're going to put up the wall on this one, G, but I got to tell you, I don't think I've ever steered you wrong when it comes to these. And I think this is one of them. And you already know what I'm talking about because I've been bugging you about it for the last couple of days. Uh, But but I I will say that I just said, hey, when you get a chance, watch this. It didn't necessarily need to be for this show. Mm -hmm. So whereas Steve would have protested anyway and not watched it, I told him not required. Not a big deal. Just watch it when you want because you like music documentaries. What I'm talking about is Billie Eilish, The World's a Little Bit Blurry. No, The World's a Little Blurry. Sorry about that. And that's on Apple TV. It just came out last week, I believe. And the only other person that I know that watched it that I could have asked on, and he's just not here right now, is Bob Roris, who loved it, by the way. But guys, let me tell you what. I really like music docs. I've always said that before. We've talked about a bunch of them on the show. And the ones that I like are the ones that kind of take you through someone's story. Not, you know, it's cool to have the retrospective thing like that Bee Gees one, which was an excellent documentary. 
But I like it when it's happening in quote unquote real time. Yes, of course, it happened a couple of years ago because that's how they had to film it, obviously. But like Billie Eilish is a very interesting person that I just uh, I kind of like threw her in. I lumped her in with like, yeah, she's just another one of the younger kids, younger generation music. You know, she's really good, dude. Like you don't necessarily have to dig her music when you watch this to understand that this whole family is just super talented. Her and her brother, both homeschooled, grew up with this very, like the family that you want, dude, the one that's going to be there for you no matter what. And, and like pushes you to like chase your dreams and is there when you fall and helps you find the next one. If something else happens, like she has this amazing family and it was kind of cool because when you see like the exterior of their house, you would think that Billie Eilish right now would have like this massive house or something like that. And these people have been living in a, I don't know. It looks like it's like a three bedroom, little chill, three bedroom, small little house. They've all been on top of each other. You can tell it's like the, the homeschool family the house is kind of cluttered and shit like that. And I just, that's, I think that's what I love about this one. The most, even, you know, she, you see her whole career happen from start to present. But that's not the part that I like the most. It was like the family part of it, like just such a wonderful supporting family. But you see her and her brother Phineas create her album in his bedroom. And it made me really appreciate that. I told you, like I, uh, I said uh, that I just can't believe that that's what artists do now. And I, it also made me think, like, is this the end of studios? You know? Oh, oh are you him? asking me or are you was that a rhetorical? No, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm asking you a question. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. Remember, I told you there's that documentary about the ending of studios and what it means when people have access. Yes. To these. Yeah, it's over. Yes. So you do agree with that is what I'm saying. Uh, oh, yeah. It's a matter of time before the studios end. And yeah, it's just the natural course of of this thing, because people's ears can't tell the difference between a mass. Now, some people think, oh, no, it's something internal people understand. And I just don't believe it. I believe if right now mastering in your room is better than what the Beatles had. And if you could master something to make it sound better than that, but they, there's a, if you have a great song mastering and mixing and all this, it just doesn't matter. And so, yeah, I agree. Studios are on their way down and it's a fact of you got to create a vibe wherever you are. If you're in a, if you're vibing in your dope room with a bunch of, you know, psychedelic colors, then that's your studio and you can come out with magic. Yeah. Look at freaking Todd of the Creator. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's humongous now after doing like little things in his room. You know, I even talked about Southern Playalistic Cadillac movie music. That's in a basement. You know? So yeah. yeah. This one's happens. just in her brother's bedroom. You know, you're talking about the vibe. I get that. But it's just maybe their vibe is just their family life because it's just a it's just a bedroom. You know, yeah. it's just them sitting there and it shows them writing these songs and her working out the lyrics. And for the longest time, I always said, well, Phineas is the brains because he's one that doing all the music and everything. And he does help a lot with the songwriting. But I didn't know she writes her own songs as well. I think she has she has a beautiful voice, even though whether or not you're like into her voice, it's it's a good voice, I think. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm just really intrigued to see where she goes with this, because, you know, you see a lot of younger artists go the way of like Justin Bieber where he fell. Now he's on his way back up again, but they always have that, that falling yeah. from grace. And I don't know if that's going to be the case with her when you have such a supportive family. I don't know if they're going to turn into the Spears and, and like a uh, Britney Spears dad and some shit like that. But it, it's just, I'm not going to keep going over the whole family thing, but I just, what I'm saying is that when you watch this, that's, they're always present in a, in a fantastic way. But um, there was just some really funny moments in this thing, man. Like uh, it shows her in Coachella and she's backstage and she's about ready to go on and do her first performance and she's nervous as shit. 
And then like Katy Perry walks up to her. Right. And I, you know, allegedly, at least in my opinion, when you guys watch this, I'm pretty certain that her and her, what's his name? Orlando Bloom. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they were rolling, man, because they, <laughs> they walk up to her and they're just like, Hey, and their eyes are all like super dilated. And they're like, give me a hug. And the hugs are going a little too long. And like, Orlando Bloom is like feeling on the fabric of her sweatshirt and shit or hoodie. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, you're just, you're on fire. Hey, enjoy the ride. And there's, I mean, I don't know. It's funny. I just think when you see that, there's a little bit of ecstasy or something going on. They're on, on that, uh, that Molly or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> but um, another thing that I thought was really cool about it is that when she was 12, she was super, super, super into Justin Bieber. Speaking of Justin Bieber. To the point where like, now I know you don't have daughters or anything, but they can get super emotional about celebrities sometimes and cry, you know, when they see him on TV or whatever. And in her case, she was just like so in love with him. She's like, check out this video. She's on the, on a radio interview and she shows the DJ this, uh, I think it was Kevin and Bean. She shows him this uh, video and it's like her talking about how like super deep too, for this 12 year old talking about how, you know, I just, I want to find love one day, but I don't know if that's going to even be possible now because how will he ever compare to Justin Bieber? And she was like dead ass serious about this. And she's like crying. Right. So, you know, silly little girl, whatever. But later on during Coachella, she's walking around and they actually like meet up. Someone introduces her. And and just the moment that they met each other, I think it's on YouTube. Someone told me, but it was just really adorable, dude. Like she was so starstruck and it just shows that like when you see her, you know, yes, she's a, she was a, I guess she's still a teenager, but she's a teenage music star just a kid you really see the kid come out in this you know and that's one of those moments where she meets her idol and she just like cries in his arms and i don't know man the whole thing to me was just like super adorable there's just all these little things that i could like take out of it but the long and the short is this is just her career path and it gets her to where she is now and all these like super smart decisions she made and and the ones that her parents didn't let her make and you know um how hard she goes for the performance, like her thing. I don't know if you've ever seen her dance. She's just kind of weird, but she like she does it all like jumping, you know. And she jumps so much on the first tour that she gives herself shin splints, and she's like hobbling around stage trying to get this shit done. But when she has to do the performance, she does because I guess that's just the artist in her. But I have like mad respect for Billie Eilish and her brother, dude. I think they're a super talented writing team, and I would never compare them to the Carpenters. I would never do anything like that. But I'm just trying to think of like another stronger writing team than the carpenters that are siblings i mean do you have anything i was legitimately like okay are there siblings out there and i'm thinking of like donnie marie and shit like that but do you have anyone that that's like writing a super teams? strong no. yeah a super strong writing team that are siblings uh say no. for nelson of course i don't know that's i and i think i was kidding about the nelson part but i think that um that's what makes this whole thing special it's just the, the massive amount of talent that goes into this family and, and their work and, and their, there's so much heart in it. And it's just a very heartwarming, super informative, very interesting documentary. And one of these days when you do get around to it, I will put it up there with like the Jonas brothers one, which you were not, you were super reluctant to watch that one too. And I think you're going to come back at me and be like, yeah, dude, you were right. So I will give Billy Eilish the world's a little blurry. I'm going to give it a straight up five out of five bleeding eyes. Nice. Yeah. Excellent documentary. I highly recommend you check it out this weekend. It's free. It's on Apple TV plus if you have Apple TV plus it's free, but yeah, peep it really, really good. And then now I think we have just stuff that we've both watched. Correct. Yeah. But real quick, considering documentaries, mm-hmm. the reason I is it's funny. Cause I told you we both watched a documentary 
And then there was another one I watched. And the only reason I want, just to let the listener know, the only reason I haven't watched the Billie Eilish one is because I just watched one that we're going to talk about soon. And then an Elvis one that was like four hours. And I was like, I don't want to come down from that because my brain is in a certain area right now. You know, watching Elvis from 17 and this, this, mind you, I knew he was famous. And I even talked to my mother about it. It's called The Searcher on HBO Max. And I was like, mom, he was like, he was more than, he, she's like, oh, the world stopped when he died. She's like, I remember the day when I was in high school that I walked by, because she's like, before we used to have these papers that you put in a quarter and you'd open up the, and everyone was just sitting around the thing being like, Jesus, Elvis freaking died. I said, at a, your high school? She's like, yeah, in Compton. We were like, Jesus Christ, Elvis died today. And I was like, oh, I, that's insane. I know Marvin was a big deal. And she's like, oh, Marvin was different for us. But, uh, you know, watching this kid, you know, take over the world pretty much. This man right. took over the world, took over the freaking world, and then went to the army. It's just, and, and I was like, you know what? After I watched that, I'm going to breathe. And then you give me another one to watch. And that one was like, Holy crap, this guy took, he was a huge, he was, I knew, I lived through the one we're going to talk about. And we I knew we probably just do that one next. Yes, he was a legend. But again, after that, because the Elvis one is two sections, two hours each. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to let this simmer because it was fan. I'm going to let it simmer. And then I'll come back to Billie Eilish eventually. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Like I kept saying, man, on your own time, yes. check it out. I just think that you'll like it. That's, that's all. I'm, I'm, I, I'm for know. sure. I'm not going to be bored. No. Worst case scenario, I'm not going to be bored. I just think that you appreciate hard work stories. You know, and when, when musicians have heart and actual talent and they go through the steps to make this shit happen, I think that's, that's, that's something that you appreciate. I do like from the, what, I really love the gutter to the, like yeah. when someone like has zero and then they come to the, I have everything now. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I'm with you. Like, I don't know how familiar I would be with Billie Eilish if it wasn't for my daughter and my niece. Because that's really my only outside of like being at work. I remember the first time I heard her in my job, you know, we play music for patients. And I asked this young girl, hey, who do you want to listen to? And she's like, Billie Eilish. And I was like, who the hell is Billie Eilish? Okay. Put it on. I'm like, oh, this is not that bad in comparison with some of the other stuff that's out there. But then when my daughter started playing it a lot, it's very good. I mean, it's not for everyone. Some people are just going to, you know, go, ah, that's kid music and, and knock it and whatever, or it's just not your thing, which is completely fine too, but it resonates with me. But I don't know any of, would I like this documentary? I don't know anything. None of her music, nothing. Yeah. Or am I just gonna be like, okay, I guess. No, I I don't think so. As long as you don't get into your Steve Hudson brain where it's like, well, I don't know this song. So why is this important to me? I could see you doing that, but don't just watch the story play out. And I just think it's really interesting. You know, it's just a, I don't know. She she's different than a lot of the younger stars out there. And I really hope that she just the family is always there for her because they seem to be doing everything right right now. They're not getting too humble or excuse me. They're not getting too um, they're not big headed about it. You know, they're talking about how they had millions of dollars, but they were like rolling their eyes about it. Not in a way like, oh, it's just millions of dollars. But it's like, can you fucking believe this? Like, this is just crazy watching them experience winning Grammys and. And just, you know, getting the accolades and ha- having her record go to number one and seeing her face on a billboard and all of these things. And like it shows this part on one of her songs, uh, one of her videos, rather, where um, getting back to the bleeding eyes, where she's giving this concept and she's out in her backyard 
And her mom is sitting at a table and she's kind of like being the model for this. And she's like, all right, so the camera's going to zoom out. And her mom like is just sitting there at the table. And she's like, I'm going to drink this black liquid. And when I drink the black liquid, you know, it goes all the way down. And then my eyes are going to start bleeding this black stuff. It's, it's a pretty cool video, actually. But like the mom's doing all of this. And what I loved about it is in the background, you see her dad walking by. He's like picking up dog shit. <laughs> and like if you look on the if you look on the on the ground, you know, like when you go out in the backyard and it's mostly like crabgrass and there's like big oh, yes. spots and dirt. And, you know, it's just it's a normal family in a normal house doing like really, really cool shit, man. I was super impressed with it. I oh. liked it better. I'll tell you this. Uh, no, I won't say that just yet because you might you might sell me. But I will say that I liked it better than the Jonas Brothers one. Oh, totally. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, you want to talk about Biggie? I got a story to tell. This is the one. Yes. Yeah. Well, tell you what, Steve, tell that story. So there's a Biggie documentary called I Got a Story to Tell. It's actually, a, you know, um, I didn't know this was happening. I was out of the loop. Dan probably knew. I was totally out of the loop on this until randomly Dan was like, hey, that Biggie doc, doc is dope. I was like, what? And I randomly get on Twitter and it's almost like Dan triggered a, a tsunami because I got on there like people that are normally very cranky about music hip hop docs especially on netflix all of them were like holy crap they did it right and i was like okay how did it what now and so it's called i got a story to tell and it tells the story the one thing i love about this is to tell the story about biggie christopher wallace we all knew who well a lot of us knew who biggie was and what this it shows a side of big that i just never saw he's like laughing i didn't know he sung yeah the dude said, and he sung a Jodeci song outside, and he sounded good. I didn't Every think it was him. Every time I close my eyes, yeah. that's what you're talking about. He was he was singing uh, 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 "Freaking You," and I was like, "Dude, he's or no, 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 yeah, freaking you." And I was like, "Is he singing, or is the guy next to him singing?" Because he has a really, really good voice. And then Puff, and and things like Puffy coming out and being like, he actually sings more than he raps. And if you sing more than you rap and you're still able to get in the studio and do what Biggie does, rapping, Jesus Christ. man, Like that. Like that, dude. And it's just seeing him go from a young kid um, from Jamaica and, and growing up and people taking him under his wing and, you know, seeing him go to the corners. And he makes great, he makes decisions that people have to make. Be like, do I want to do what I do and make money or do I want to go and, and, Chase my dream. And if he would have made a different decision, everything changes. We don't get Biggie. We don't even, I don't know. I don't know if we get Jay. Jay might not exist. The Lil Kim doesn't exist. A lot of these people just do not exist if he takes a different route. And it's like, man, what an impact this guy made. And you get to see him smile a lot. And I've never seen it. His smile is like, oh, this is, a, I love how adorable is this guy? He's just a lovable person. And it was beautiful to see. And, you know, it's a really, really, really good documentary about a really, really, really amazing MC. You know, he's one of, I mean, if you talk to most people that love hip hop, he's at least going to be in their top 10. Every person to the name almost, it's going to be in his top 10. And that says a lot. That means... For many of the people that weren't even existing when he was alive, a lot of these young kids put Biggie in their top 10. And it's huge. And you see this freaking documentary and you see why. 
he he was a conversational rapper that was unbelievable. He spoke to you. He just spoke to you and just talked raps. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, this dude just talked rap. He he wasn't like a rock. He was like Rakim. They they spoke rap. Big Daddy Kane, they just spoke rap. He wasn't like LL. LL, he wasn't speaking to you. He was like a hardcore rapper. And and Biggie made this thing where he's just like, no, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna talk to you like a normal, and just watch how elegant and just dope I am. Watch how much swag I got. So man, I would give Biggie a story to tell. Four out of five. Uh, four out of five massive blunts. <laughs> oh yeah. What do you think? <laughs> that thing was huge, man. That thing was so funny. We actually it. didn't see it, but his description of it was. Really and then he just got, and I was like, then literally the scene goes on for like 15 seconds. And then he sits down and gets on the phone. I was like, somebody was on hold this whole, <laughs> this whole time. Just listening to you talk to some random person. Anyway, what you doing? I'm like, gee, yeah, that person on hold like that. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, I'll write it now and then I'll talk about it, okay. but I, I'll go with you. I think it's a, it's a very, very solid four out of five. And I'm not entirely sure what I want to give it just yet, but, um, Let's see. What do I want to give it? I don't know. I'm just going to go with a four out of five right now because okay. I have some things that I, I wanted to ask you about. Okay. You had mentioned how, you know, you see him smiling a lot. Now, I'm going to out myself and say, like I told you, Steve, that, yeah, I know who Biggie was. But when Biggie was popular, I was coming up with like Pearl Jam, yes. Alice in Chains, mm-hmm. you know, still listening to metal. But I'd listened to, to hip hop, too. Like I started getting into like Tribe Called Quest. Yes. Uh, Cypress Hill at the time. Dre and Snoop, of course, things like that. But I think that my first exposure to to Biggie was when um was like Cash Money Millionaire stuff. Yeah. And I really wasn't into the aesthetic, like the aesthetic of like throwing money at the camera. And I just wasn't my thing. So I kind of just lumped him in with a lot. I mean, there was a lot. You like of lumped shit, him right? in with cash money. Isn't it? Wasn't that, wasn't that, no. uh, who, okay. Then I'm sorry. Who the fuck am I talking about? What's the name of like the crew? Not the crew. Talk about who, who bad is, boy. Bad, who's cash money millionaire. That's like, uh, juvenile and. Lil Wayne and all them cats. Man, you're being really uh, smart ass to me today, but I deserve that one. No, um, okay, like again, I'm not gonna act like, oh, I knew all that shit. No, 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 I, no. I get, but I, I think you, you, what you're saying is you bad boy them in, in the general bad boy. circle of them. Of, but like bad boys, really, what yeah. I'm thinking about. But I'm sure that they were in that general circle, like you're saying. Like I just wasn't into that whole. And that's probably why I'm ignorant to it. I just wasn't into the whole thing about like the flash and the flare and being in the clubs and throwing money and shit. It just really wasn't. Where I know my exactly head was what video you're thinking. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> more money, more problems, right? Oh, I thought you were going to say feel so good with well, Mason Vegas and all the shiny. But like all of that, yeah, that's, that's what I'm getting that's at. Badboy.com, G. That's okay, like, that, yeah. Yeah, he created like Puffy created hip hop videos in a different way. Where it's like money, 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 money. Yeah. Look how, look how. I mean, who? What other video like closes down Atlantic City or Vegas for their video shoot? It wasn't until Puffy. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. Like now, looking at it, I think it's like a, it's a grand thing that they did, and I get it. And like I, I guess I actually appreciate it a little bit more now. But just what I'm saying is, when when Biggie was huge and alive for that matter, I just wasn't into that. There was some that got into my, you know, into my library and other stuff did. And I think it was the aesthetic of it that turned me off. So now, you know, years later, and I've, you know, I've, I've kind of like listened to more of it, but I really just 
started, I'll be honest with you, I really started diving in just recently. And I am fucking floored, dude. Like, remember when you came at me and you're like, Duran Duran, I get it. I fucking yes. get it, dude. And it's like a no-duh thing. Everyone that's listening that likes Biggie like, yeah, welcome to the fucking party. But I just, I got to be honest with you, man. I had no idea. I'm almost embarrassed about it, how fucking good he is. His cadence is so sick. And I don't know how I missed that outside of just being some ignorant kid that didn't want like, no, thank you. I don't want any more. I've got plenty right now and I just don't want I don't have time for it because it seems like even then it's like from what I was listening to. I liked Wu-Tang. I liked all that shit. Yes, it's different. But like that fucking cadence is just bar none. It's absolutely incredible, you know. So then, you know, getting back to the to the documentary, what really got me on this one, too, again, is like that family thing, like seeing him with his mom. And seeing how he was with her. And yeah, he was a kid that lied to his mom and stuff. And listen to her talk about him too. Like she says something like, uh, there's this one part where he's out, but he was like drying crack cocaine in his room on a plate. And his mom comes in while he's gone and, and uh, she basically throws all the crack away. And when he gets some, she's like, what are you doing with these dried up mashed potatoes on your plate? And, you know, finding out later that, of course, it was crack. Yeah. I loved it how she's like, I just don't, I've never been so mad at a, at a dead person before. So funny. But like, you could just tell, of course, that's her baby, but of you could course. just tell how much she still loves her son. Yes. You know? and, and even though like there'd be times when like back in the day, they'd be doing interviews with her and stuff. He'd be like looking down like a kid when she's talking because it's like, oh, mom, like, Come on, mom. You know, like when your mom's embarrassed you, she says something that she you don't want her to say, but she's just saying normal shit. But yeah. you're seeing your mom say these things. I loved that, man. And uh, you're right. The whole smiling thing and the singing thing. And and then it starts getting sad for me because towards the end of this, obviously, there's going to be a a pro biggie spin on this. But. You know, you start seeing when the whole Tupac stuff goes down and they show them together at first and they're, you know, they're they're aligned and everything's very close. And then shit goes wrong, you know, when, when pot gets shot and I would have to be, I would have to like defer to you to tell me the story on that one. I know the, the roundabout, but like the exact timeline and all that stuff, I I would have to like say, you say that stuff. But I will say that, uh, once that happened and pot got in his head that it was either Biggie or his crew, I guess that was responsible for that, you know, shit started popping off and it was really kind of sad to see biggie like being on the radio and stuff and just talking about like man i you know i'm not here for that like i just want everyone to like unite and and i'm you know i'm paraphrasing i'm putting words into his mouth but that's basically what he's saying i just want everyone to be cool it's a party i'm not trying to be about any of this shit it's a shame that he thinks this way and i'm asking you listeners as he's talking on the microphone to like just don't believe everything that you hear you know make your own decisions stuff like that and when he did that there was like this level of sincerity dude where it's like I realize this is just this piece of film that was filmed 20, what was it, 24 years ago or something like that, but I believed him, you know, and I don't think that he had anything to do with it just from that. And, you know, not knowing much about it, that was the impression that he gave me. Like, you know what? He got caught in the middle of something. Maybe he did know someone that did it for reasons that we don't know, but I don't think that he was directly related to that. And then when you compare the, you know, kind of like the braggadocious fucking heavy testosterone persona of Pac, what he was doing back then that's more believable than the other way around i don't know do you know what i'm saying like did you did you get that vibe kind of like like he just wanted it all to be done he just he just wanted to his his career to pop off he wanted to be there for his daughter he wanted to be there for his wife he just wanted to be there and he just wanted to succeed it was like all he really ever wanted he knew he had this talent as a kid his friends all saw it 
And that's why he climbed so fast in Brooklyn, just like killing people on the streets, like murdering them, you know, when he would go, like when they show him go and do those battles and stuff like that. And he just makes this huge name. And, you know, Puffy has that talk with him. Like, look, dude, you can't, there's that point where it's like, okay, we're about ready to record this album. You can't keep doing this shit. That's either going to be that or you're coming with me. And he's like, yeah, I'm coming with you. And I just, I don't know. I mean, it it could just be great movie making, but to me, I bought it all. And and it was very, very convincing and just super sad. That movie, as it, as it starts to, you know, unfold and you you already know what's going to happen, of course, but just seeing the, the, the helicopter footage of the funeral, you know, um, what do they call that procession? I guess, you know, the parade of cars and whatnot and following them over the Brooklyn bridge. And then when they get over Brooklyn bridge seeing like this whole community, Biggie's community just like celebrating as opposed to mourning and stuff. That was was a very heartbreaking. Yeah, dude, it was a really moving documentary. And you know, whereas, uh, I'm, I think in comparison to the other documentary I was just talking about, I think I enjoyed that one a little bit more, but only, only because of like the format of what, like I said, you know, you're, you're taking a bunch of old footage and stuff like that. And people talking about stuff that happened many years ago and putting it all together. And they do it very, very well. But in this one, I, I did enjoy like the whole, like it's happening now kind of thing. And I think that's why I liked it a little bit more. However, the story of Biggie just like, it just made me want to learn more. And it's just so weird to say that 24 years later, I'm like, Hey, I think I'll start listening to, to notorious BIG, but I'm gonna. And then another thing that I forgot about, was when he said, you can't call me Biggie Smalls anymore because I oh, had yeah. completely forgotten yeah. about the original Biggie Smalls. Do you remember the box, Steve? I re- Here's the thing. I remember when that happened. That's the first time any of us back in the day had ever heard of Biggie Smalls. We had to look who this person was. Yeah, I think you're right. Because I remember sitting there. Are you talking about Notorious or the other Biggie Smalls? The other Biggie. We didn't know who the other Biggie Smalls was. We just heard yeah. it from the, we can't, you can't call me Biggie Smalls anymore. We're like, who's the other guy? Yeah, I'd never even heard of either of them at the time. I just remember being at my my buddy's house and he always had the box on and we would just sit there in like hot boxes, living room, you know what I mean? <laughs> watching yeah. watching freaking videos. And I remember seeing that stupid Biggie Smalls video all the time. And then when, and then when Biggie came out, I was like, oh, so there's two now. Obviously, this one's a lot better than the other one. That other guy was like a cheese ball. And it's funny is that he wins that lawsuit. You can't call yourself that anymore. I'll sue your ass. He's like, fine. And he's like, just call. And he picked a per again, Biggie, picking the perfect name. Yeah, it's a way better name, actually. Biggie Smalls is kind of like, yeah, that's that's sort Notorious of Notorious B.I.G. is just freaking he's a, and these are the, my favorite sort of documentaries of of. I don't really get them very often of groups that I like or people that I like already. And then learning mm-hmm. more about the person that I like. Yeah. That's very rare because normally it's a, you know, it's music documentaries over people. I don't either a, I've never heard of, or it's like, whatever. I don't even, I don't even like whatever, but this is like, you know, with the Bee Gees and this, it's like, these are people that I like. And now you're telling me more stuff about people. I thought I knew, I thought I knew a lot about big, and I just didn't. I knew enough, but it was just like, let me let me illuminate more about this person that you think you know. Let me show you a side. And the fact that that guy was recording all the time. Yes, thank you. Genius. I was going to say that. How Genius. fortunate. Like, if you guys are going on tour, I'm talking just people that are in bands right now. You never know what's going to happen, right? But if you're driven and you really want it to like to be successful, just record all of that shit. Bring somebody with you and document it all because you never know what's going to happen. And I'm so glad that his buddy decided to do that. Yes, it was. It's just such a a heartbreaking movie and also a celebratory mo- movie of hopefully, um, you know, I think especially nowadays, I hear a lot of 
new rappers that are young, I mean, you hear big in them. Like you hear his his influence on these young kids. And it's great because you're like, oh, that's good. That means that's who you listen to. You hear his 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 influence. And just like a lot of people on the West, you hear the influence of Snoop and Pac in the way they rap. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like Kendrick. You just hear the influence on these people. And it's beautiful to see that even though they're gone, their their legacy lives on through these brand new artists that carry their legacy. And you hear little things that they say. And you're like, oh, that is so good. That quote is, I know where you got that quote from. And that's a fantastic pick. So I love it. The uh, <laughs> Did you see that text that I sent to you last night? Uh, yes. I was just sitting in the car listening. And I'm like, that's fucking brilliant. I mean, it's not even, I know it's not like his best line or anything like that. Well, Biggie, dude, if, if someone had to pick Biggie's best line, dude, it's just, I would have to make a brand new, which would be interesting, like a pod of the best Biggie line. And that's, and dude, you have to, because he's had some ones that still live on. Like people will say it in normal conversation and be like, oh yeah, you almost forget that that was a line in a rap song. You just say it so much that you're like, oh, that's right. He created that. My bad. Yeah, you're right. He created that thing. I never heard the line though. I got techniques dripping out my butt cheeks, sleep on my stomach so I don't fuck up my sheets. That's he's amazing, dope. dude. I mean, just, you know, I just pictured him sitting there writing that shit in a notebook. Went, oh, yeah, that's good. And that's another like, thing. He didn't write anything. He never had it like a never pad, had a, a notebook. He always just went in and he'd think about it and rap like that. That's why Jay does the same thing. Jay-Z doesn't write. He does it just because like, Big's understudy. He saw how Big did it. Big would just start rapping to the beat in his brain and then get into the booth and start spitting. So crazy. And they showed that one shot. There was just like one picture, one still of him chilling with Jay-Z. And it's Jesus. like, he was like a little kid. A little you know? kid, dude. He didn't even rap. Back in the day, Jay-Z would rap like, that's how he rapped. And soon, you know, after chilling enough, you all of a sudden hear this swag that Jay-Z all of a sudden got. And you get, res- you get reasonable doubt. And he's like, he has the swag now. But before he was like, listening to, uh, you know, all these uh, Jazzo and all these casts that rap fast and, you know, you know, all these people that he's heard just spitting. So he's like, like, that's how Jay-Z used to rap. If you look up videos, that's how he rapped when he was young. And to go from that to the Jay we know now that takes his time on every line and just chills back and just kicks back and just talks, that's big. That's Big's influence on that man. For sure. For sure, man. He That's, was so like. He's like, so influential. Uh, man. And also he was just always so chill. It seemed like, I mean, he could turn it on and I'm sure, you know, I'm sure he, he like have people laughing and shit like that, but just, you know, like the footage of them, you just, it's the stuff you just don't see, you know, like, because the guy always had a camera with him, just having him like open up his, uh, his, uh, hotel door his hotel room door and it's like coming in he's just like oh when they were they were showing him like sitting on the couch and they was talking about that blunt that you were talking about yeah but you know just him having normal conversations the singing all of that stuff it just really personifies him it it turn it humanizes is really what i'm trying to say it humanizes biggie where i only saw him as this uh this rap icon and i didn't really know much about him and it's just so nice when they do this when the filmmakers do this correctly 
and they humanize somebody. And this oh, totally yeah. does that. So oh, it's a fantastic documentary, guys. Even if you're not into to Notorious B.I.G., again, I was familiar. I was a fan of a couple of songs, but I mean, I'm really just kind of going to school right now because of this documentary. I'm not saying you're going to have the same effect, but uh, check it out, man, because it's really, really good. Absolutely. And also, it's really fun to hear him talk about, um, you know, Puffy bringing in more money, more problems to him. And, you know, that weird Diana Ross sample. And the fact yeah. that Big was able to just flow over that. No problem. Most people listen to that beat and you're like, you if or if anyone else heard that beat, you'd be like, what do I do over this? Yeah, I mean, Mace rapped over it. Puff, whoever wrote for him, rapped over it. But then Biggie comes in with a brand new. He like lays on top of the beat with the B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A, no info for the D-E. It's like, what? <laughs> Who would have even thought of that? Like, he is a problem, man. He is a problem. To this day, he's a problem. Like, to this day, you listen to Biggie lines, the N-O-T-O-R-I-O-U-S, you just lay down slow. Come on, man. Who's messing with that dude? I mean, I mean, he's not my number, mind you, but I'm just saying. <laughs> Who is your number one? Is it Jay-Z? Uh, my number one person is oh, Pac still. It's still Pac. All right. It's still Pac. He's my favorite. Now, when you get into who's the best rapper, that's a different that's a different um, list. Who's your favorite may not be who the best. I would have to make a brand new list for who is the best rapper. And in the best, I, uh, uh, Biggie would probably would be better because he's a better rapper. You know what I'm saying? Like better rapper than Pac was. I just, Pac's my favorite. But yeah. Whose cadence do you like more? Pac's. Because as soon as you hear Pac's voice, both of them, mind you, but um, Pac just had this thing where, like, as soon his whole like his whole memories on the cover see that yeah. thing that's <laughs> I his keep my mind on my money money on my money. Yeah, he's that person that comes in where if you want to be, if you're like I'm about to get in a fight, you're gonna listen to Tupac. Now, if you're about to be like I have a long, boring ride to Las Vegas, you're gonna put on Big and you will literally lounge all the way there. You're just gonna chill and kick back. Pac all the way to Vegas. You're going to get to Vegas and come out with Tommy guns and shoot everywhere. Like, I'm killing everybody here. Why? I don't know. I just need to get it out somehow. I've been listening to Tupac this whole drive. I'm killing somebody. You know, but uh, Biggie's just like, hey, we just want to party. So, yeah, I'm really glad that uh, you uh, hit me to the, to the, how good the documentary was. And man, what a, because Netflix, Netflix doing it, I was, I don't know if I would have immediately, push play because netflix but man great job so applaud to all involved you know we're jumping networks all over the place on this one we went from cw to apple tv plus then we're netflix let's before we get to uh the star of the show uh, let's jump over to hbo max for a second <laughs> let's bring things down a little bit steve and this is only we are it's not even the whole thing this is two episodes that were have you seen both episodes uh-huh. okay Two episodes is all I've seen as well. I think the third one dropped this. I know it's going to. I'm just not sure if it has yet. But uh, let me see if I can find out when that actually drops. Uh, I'm not entirely sure what day it comes on because I just sort of found this. And Steve had briefly mentioned that there was a Woody Allen documentary coming out. And I'd completely forgotten about it. Then I came home from work one day and uh, my wife, Gail, is sitting there with this very disturbed look on her face. And she's like, uh. I just watched, have you, she's like, have you seen Alan versus Pharaoh on HBO max? And I'm like, Oh no, no, no. I did hear a little something about that. 
she's like, you got to watch this one. She's like, you don't have to talk about it, but you should really, really watch this. And I'm, I'm quote unquote glad I did, you know, like it's, this is something that needs to be seen. And I wish I didn't see it. This is a, I'll just read what IMDb is saying. It's a look behind the years of sensational headlines to reveal the private story of the accusation of sexual abuse against Woody Allen involving his seven-year-old daughter with Mia Farrow. Whoa. I mean, you know, we all know the soon you thing. And if you don't know, basically he was, he was, uh, I'm trying to, did he even actually, he never really got married to, to Mia Farrow, right? They were just like long-term couple, correct? Because That's they lived across. The, I don't know. I don't think they did. I know it was a common law because they were able to like talk about adoption and stuff, but I just don't recall ever hearing that they actually had nuptials. Anyway, a very, a very New York Hollywoodish type of uh, story, man. Like it just, um, Woody Allen, I will say this. They show a lot of footage of him and I did not know that he was uh, such a comedic like physically comedic actor. They show a lot of his best work on there, you know, and I've never, ever been a Woody Allen fan. And I'm, I'm, this is before I even heard anything about his ac- his accusations. It just really wasn't my jam. But I was like, wow, he really was talented. Like there's a lot of things on there where like he's, you know, physical comedy making me laugh. And people really like, they were like drawn to him. You know, they really appreciate it. To this day, they still really appreciate the guy. I don't understand why. But on the other side of things at home, you know, he's a very self-centered guy. He, when he was with Mia Farrow, you know, she, ha- she really wanted to have a big family. And I think that somewhere along the lines, again, I'm just, this is just a, a total guess on my part assumption. I feel like someone hurt her back in the day because when you see her and even like when she was young, she just kind of had this very, I don't know, man, like dead eye thing going on or something like that. And when she talks about all the things in in her, in her past with Woody Allen and her relationships and how she allowed him to like manipulate her in all these different ways, it just seems like almost like he groomed her that way. And this is like the end result, you know, even though she hasn't been with him for a very long time. But yeah, like I said, in the description, this really focuses, it's not so much Sunyi. They do talk about how he had um, basically started a relationship with, with their adopted daughter. Jesus. Her, Mia Farrow's actually, it was Mia Farrow's adopted daughter. And he never really had any type of, he never wanted anything to do with the kids. And then at some point, you know, he, he, uh, starts to, he starts to really get into these kids, certain kids, other ones he doesn't give a fuck about, but certain kids he's really drawn to. And they, I don't know. It was like the whole soon you thing just like went under the radar for the longest time until spoilers, Mia Farrow finds naked pictures of her daughter, soon Yi in Woody Allen's apartment. She's, Probably 17. She's definitely in high school is what they're saying. Yeah. This is her, you know, uh, allegedly, this is what they're saying. And, you know, but she was describing these pictures. Like, she's like, these weren't like Playboy pictures. Like, these were like, like hustler pictures. And I think we all know what she means. Mm-hmm. So, you know, having that as like part of his background, the opening scene of the first episode, it shows Woody come out and he's talking to the press. He's like, I don't normally do these press things, but, you know, uh, with the way things are right now, I feel like I should. And he's like, I did not lay a hand again. I'm paraphrasing. Basically, I did not lay a hand on my daughter, you know, but yeah, I did fall in love with uh, my stepdaughter. So <laughs> so weird, dude. So it's like, I mean, come on, man. Like, like the book when he's recite, when you hear his audio book and how normal he is about falling for soon. I'm like, this is so weird saying yeah. it. Like it's not even a, 
Yeah. Weird thing. And this audio book was just, it just came out in 2020. Did you know that? Dude. He thinks so, it's so normal. Yeah. There's this line where he goes, uh, it's basically like the, he's documenting the first time they shared a kiss, him and Soon Yi. Uh, and they're in this private screening room and they're sitting next to each other. They're watching this movie. And then he says, uh, what he says, something like, uh, so I leaned in, you know, uh, quite, what do you say? Quite smoothly, if I may add. Uh, like you're, you're bragging about it, dude, so that you leaned in. dude. Uh, I don't even know how old he was. I imagine he was like in his fifties, maybe. Easily. You know, and I, so I hit you saying, yeah, you know, you should have seen how, how dope I macked on my stepdaughter. It was just, it was fucking weird, man. But the, the weirdest part about it is yes, that's weird. And that's, and that's just shady shit. And and it's, it should never happen, but it just gets worse. Like that's, that's episode one. (laughs) Yeah. Episode episode two kicks in. And you know, what they're talking about is, is, um, Basically how his daughter, the seven-year-old, when they adopted her, he, he told her, he's like, listen, I might be into uh, fathering a child with you. She's asking him because she, she, she wanted like a lot of kids, Mia Farrow. And um, I, I always felt like she was like trying to fill a hole. That's the impression it gave me. She's oh, just trying sure. to fill this hole by adopting kids. And she really wanted to have another one. Their relationship's going fine. They had, mm-hmm. She'd accepted the fact that like, he's not really going to be a father. He's just going to be, he's going to do his thing from across the park and he's going to come over and visit me and he might talk to the kids. But then he has like this change of heart and, you know, he's just for the whole time. He's like, no, I don't want anything to do with him. No, 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 no. But then he gets very specific and he says, I would probably be into it if it was like a, uh, a blonde girl, specifically a blonde girl. Now, fast forward, or actually maybe rewind back and they start showing his movies and again, I'm not. I have no familiarity with his movies. The but weirdest. The, when they show that, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> I said, "What the?" And also, why haven't we talked about how Manhattan's about this thing? Why haven't we talked about that? I, I don't know. I I've don't never know. even heard of the movie, though. Yeah. Um. What is her name? Miriam. Uh. Muriel uh, Hemingway. Yes, because I remember yeah. she was. I only know her as a lawyer in some show. Yes, I know the show you're was talking it about. L.A. Law. Uh, something i know what you're talking about yeah Yeah. um but it shows her in this movie as a 17 year old girl and in manhattan the movie the scene that they show she's a 17 year old girl she's around a table of 40 somethings and she excuses her excuse me excuses herself to go to the restroom and then he's like bragging about how you know i got her she's 17 yeah look at you you know and and there was a lot of this though steve if you think about it back in like the 80s I know I've talked about this briefly before. I don't even know if it was on Patreon, if it's on here, but like it was kind of weirdly common to say shit like that. I mean, think of the songs that used to come out. Winger had a song. She's only 17 and you know, Oh, wait a uh, minute. She's just 17 Beatles. And you know, yeah, yeah. Uh that's what I'm saying. It wasn't, uh, it was then we just, it it was was accepted. (laughs) No, 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 no. Yeah, exactly. It was accepted. It wasn't like, I don't want to say frowned upon because it's, it's, uh, it wasn't as publicly shameful, I guess you could say. It was there, but it was one of those things like don't ask, don't tell. People don't talk about it that much back then, you know? But you can go back and all these songs about Sweet 16 and, you know, uh, Daddy says she's too young, but she's old enough for me. All this shit. It was just very prominent then. And I guess that's just how, I guess that's how guys thought, some guys thought back then. I don't know, but it's wild to me, you know, because it, like, you know, I, I'm in my late 40s. And I'm not, and just is just for reference, of course, but like, you know, that puts these, uh, let's see, let's just say Muriel Hemingway. It puts her at like my daughter's age and like my daughter's friend's age. 
And those are kids to me, dude. They're little Jesus, kids, dude. They're, they're, they're budding adults. You know what I'm saying? But it's just like, I don't understand. I just don't understand it. I don't really need to go into it. I think we all know where I'm going with this, but it's just like, um, it's, it's definitely a sickness. But the thing with Woody Allen is you'll start noticing in all of his movies, there was one with uh, Julia, not Julia Lewis, what's her name? Juliette Lewis. Juliette Lewis plays another teenage girl and there's another teenage girl. And so he had like this theme going on and it shows, I don't know if it was like, um, taken from his notes because it's obviously not his handwriting, but it's showing him like writing out a script, you know, and it's like, uh, you know, exterior cafe, um, blonde, young, blonde, 17 year old, scratch, 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 16 year old, scratch, 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 17 goes back to it, you know, uh, comes in looking Again, paraphrasing, but like looking hot, scratch, 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 long legs, scratch, scratch. You know, like he just keeps like changing it and yeah. making it more like, yeah, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm yeah. gonna to really make this 17 year old look sexy. So, again, you know, coming from one particular side. So there, there, I don't want to say there's spin on it, but I think you know what I mean. It's it's biased is what I'm saying. But how these are facts that are coming out, though. And the more that you watch these two episodes, these are facts that they're talking about. And. And then the most disturbing part of it all is that the seven-year-old girl, the one that, uh, that he said, oh, I'll have with you, the blonde, she grows up and he never leaves her side, ever, ever, to the point where there is video of this little girl, because Mia Farrow was always having the camera on too, like, like Biggie's people, you know, just filming all the time. And she's like disturbed when he comes around. She gets quiet. She gets withdrawn. She kind of like her body language changes and at one point she's telling the family, you don't see this, but she's telling the family like, hide me. I don't want to be alone with them and stuff like that. And then like the maid catches him when she's older, like laying in bed with her in his underwear and she's in her underwear. And then there's this one part where Mia's out of town or something like that. And there's like the housekeeper that's kind of watching things or the nanny or whatever. And like for like 20 minutes, those two disappear. No one knows where they are. And in the story, it says that they're, they had a, gone into the attic and that's where some shit that they're talking about went down. But uh, the, the show, the last episode ends with a, with a, uh, <laughs> a like such a disturbing accusation of what they found Woody Allen doing to the yeah. seven year old. Y'all should I won't say. It. Yeah, you should watch it. Yeah, I'm not going to say. And maybe I've said too much, but like. I still think like this is one of those things where it's super disturbing and I could see this being trigger for a lot of people. So, you know, if this is something that's going to trigger like trauma to you, you know, don't watch this. I get that completely. But just coming from like just a, an informative, uh, it's not entertainment. I can't call it entertainment. Nope. This is just, this is, this is, I don't know what you call it. It's, um, it's almost true crime. If you think about it. Yeah. You know? it is. Yeah. And, and, uh, but it's, it's, it's very well done and it's a very interesting yet disturbing unfolding story. I'm not entirely sure. Let's see how many episodes are going to be. It's a four episode deal. So I'm already like crazy disturbed in episode two. Uh, but I will say this. Uh, I think that if it's something that you think you can handle and it's not going to affect you or traumatize you or bring back any, you know, like PTSD kind of stuff, watch this. It's uh, it's, it's very well done, but it's just one of those things where I, I don't even want to rate it. I'm just saying, watch it and I'll leave it at that. I will rate it, but I'm not going to put no funny stuff. On yeah, it. don't put. Yeah, no. Okay, maybe I'll rate it, but I don't want to do the funny. <laughs> no thing. funny that stuff. Would, that would be really bad. I would give this so far. I will give this three point five out of five so far. Yeah, I think I'm right there with you, but yeah, no like, funny things on it. All right, let's let's bring this up a little bit. Jesus Christ. Okay, I, I you know I was actually a little reluctant 
about adding this one to the uh I almost didn't put it on until you said you watched it. You know? Uh-huh. But uh anyway, I'm talking about the Allen versus Farrow one. I was that wasn't going to be a part of this episode, but we when you told to, me that yeah. you watched yeah, it, I'm like, totally okay, well, let's 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 do it. So let's definitely bring things back up. And uh Steve, you want to take it take it away on this one? Ladies and gentlemen. Let me take, let me take <laughs> a long time ago. Would that be a long time ago? I guess for most people it would be a long time ago. We're talking three decades, man. Damn. 1988 was it jeez dude yeah bro oh and my some change <laughs> three decades and some change we had uh, well people m- me and dan's age had a movie that was so quotable that throughout the next three decades we would you would be able to quote certain things from ran to random people and they would know what you were talking about immediately I could go to someone and say, you're my, she's my queen to be. They'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah. That's funny. I could say, let your soul glow. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? I could say sexual chocolate. And if you knew, I didn't have to say anything else. I didn't have to say anything else. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about coming to America. And Eddie Murphy had the, the gall the unmitigated bravery to say, I think I want to try this again. Most people leave it alone. A lot of people just leave it alone. He said, I'm going to try it again in coming to America, which dropped what today? Yesterday? Dropped yesterday. Yesterday on Amazon Prime. This could have, I, I'm shocked that they didn't do the whole $20 thing on this, but dropped yesterday. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's everyone's back. Everyone, not everyone's everyone. back. That's alive, unfortunately. Yes, exactly. That, that's alive is is back and and it's a funny thing because some people I forgot were even in it and 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 you're like, oh my god, they're back. So if you want to see something with my boy Eddie, he's back. Cheryl Headley's back. James Earl's back. Arsenio's back. You know, John Amos is back. Even Louis Arm, uh, Louis uh, Anderson's back. Yeah. He's back. And so, and they added a few extra people like Jermaine Fowler, Kiki Lane, Leslie Jones, who is a freaking star, and Wesley Snipes. Dan, what did you think <laughs> about coming to America? All right. So I will say that I really wish I would have boned up and watched the first one again because it has been a long time <laughs> yeah. since I've seen this movie to the point where like I... I don't even really fuck around with quoting anymore, but like the stuff that you said, the sexual chocolate, you all that kind of stuff. Is, yeah, dude. Yeah. Everyone knows sexual chocolate. Matter of fact, I remember listening to an Alice in Chains album. And I can't even remember what song it is, but at the end of one of the songs, you just hear it. Like, you know, how, like they'll say shit like after the song ends, you can hear them talking in the studio before the track cuts and someone does sexual chocolate. That's baby. not true. You know, like, that's not oh, yeah. true. It's totally true. Are you kidding? Alice in Chains? Yeah. It was, come on, dude. It was a comedy. People like to laugh and it's, it's a popular that's, movie. Dude, that's the shock of the day. Yeah, well, they they do it, but um, I like them a little more. You should, excellent. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> excuse me, but I uh, so I didn't have like a ton of familiarity. Everything that they tried to show me, I'm pretty sure I got because yes. Yes. this is a movie that does play on nostalgia. Uh-huh. It does, I mean, a lot, but it's also like I don't want to say Easter egg full but it's like there's just so many references in this one that i think that it would actually do you a service to watch this one mm-hmm. first but i re- i caught like the majority yeah, of, it. of course and and um so i think that with this movie they did it as good as they could 
I'm not entirely sure why they went with a PG-13 rating on this one. It definitely would have been better to be a, a PG-13 rating, uh, especially with Leslie Jones and some of the shit that she's saying. Because, I mean, she's so fantastic in this. And I know a lot of people don't care for her. I don't know why. I just really appreciate her humor. And and um, I think she kind of steals the show in this one. But, so but here's the thing about Eddie Murphy is he's, he's brilliant. And, you know, a lot of this... Uh, like the stuff that you've seen him in, like the nutty professor or uh, what was that movie called? Norbert Norbit. Yes. Norbert? You know, where he's using like the prosthetics that all comes from this movie from tra- uh, he the turns original into someone else when he yeah. sees himself. Like that, that all stems from the original coming Absolutely. to America. And he kept it with him. He kept that guy until the guy died. I used to work for, I think he was a, an was assistant on Baker? American werewolf in London. Yeah. yeah and yeah. he did he thriller. Used, yes. Was it? I th- was it Rick? Bra- yeah, it was Rick Baker. You're right. But he brought him along until Rick Baker passed. So and uh, but they still do it really, really, really well. And I think that Eddie Murphy is outstanding in this, but he shines more when he's playing the other characters. Prince Akeem's funny, you know, but he's he's got a certain demeanor about him. He's a straight. Yes. Man. Yes. He's a straight shooter. Exactly. So there's not a lot of, you know, when you're laughing, you're not laughing with him. You're sort of laughing at him, you know, uh, but. He brings back like Clarence and Saul and, uh, you know, do I, is it wrong to say that? Should I say these things? Um, I, think um, I, I won't say much. Yeah, just don't say. Much. I won't yeah. say much. But, you know, I think if you are familiar with the we've already kind of said he's bringing. Let's just say yes. he brings everybody. Yes. Back. And those are the scenes that really shine for me. Uh, the barbershop scene was fantastic. Oh, Jesus, it, dude. Yeah. And I mean, they I, made I, some points that I'm like, oh, are they trying to, they're kind of making some points right now. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. I really like that because they walk in. I, I don't know if I want to tell a joke, but like, basically don't even, they yeah, walk, don't, all I will say, they is, walk in and they greet them. Yes. And, <laughs> and, and when they're he like, greeted them. I was like, Oh, that's right. That's what they call. <laughs> yeah. 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 So again, coming back from the original, but they're like hitting them. Three different people hit them with these, you know, calling them certain things. Cause that's part of the joke. I don't want to ruin it for you. But then someone else says something that's like not, you know, how like when you're chilling with someone and they speak out of line. Yeah, <laughs> they're just like, hey, hey, oh, that hey, was so yeah, funny. Yeah. I forgot about that. That's yeah, true. you got to go. That's so <laughs> funny, dude. Yeah. Just uh, <laughs> it's just those scenes like that, <laughs> man. Forgot. But Eddie still has that comedic timing. The deliveries there. He looks fantastic. Like this movie. OK, let's compare this to, say, the Bill and Ted movie. This is doing it right. I don't think that Bill and Ted did it right. They did it as well as they could have, but there was, you know, this isn't, we're not talking about Bill and Ted, but like, you know, I I liked the movie, but I knew exactly what I was getting and they never, ever went over dude and whoa and all that kind of stuff. And that's why I don't think that movie really hit me that hard because it's like, you know, you have good act, well, at least one solid, like for, for sure, good actor kind of like going back and, and, and just playing a character that sort of played out. And it it, it kind of had a stop. Like there was a, what's the word I'm looking for? Like there was an expiration date with that type of humor, in my opinion. Do you know what I mean? Yes. But with this, they managed to bring everybody back. Like I keep saying, like you said, but they all just do it so goddamn well. And the additional people do fantastic too. Like who's the guy that played, uh, that played his son? Jermaine Fowler. Jermaine Fowler. I've never seen him before. What's he been in? Uh, remember, um, sorry to bother you. Yeah, and they were yeah, yeah. doing that thing where they were, uh, they were clowning on each other, just being really nice outside. Yeah, okay, I do remember him. Yeah, but like, and they were going back and forth, but like, well, you smell wonderful. 
He's like, yes. yeah, that was Jermaine Fowler. So he's good in this. He's not, um, I, I wouldn't say he's standout. No. I think he, he does a fine job. But he's, there's nothing standout about his character. You know, he plays Eddie's son. Um, he was fine. But God damn it, if Leslie Jones and Wesley Snipes are funnier dude. than shit. When did you Le- like Wesley? When Wesley first did that walk, dude, <laughs> I legit screamed in my house, bro. I screamed in the house and could not stop laughing. He, Wesley is, and Eddie was right in an interview. He said, People don't know how funny Wesley Snipes is. So I decided to let y'all see it for yourself. Bro, he was in. He was, Wesley is all the way in in this movie. He's like, I'm bought in. I know who my character is and I'm going all the way with it. He looked, dude, the walk was, dude, it's over. <laughs> the it's whole, over. Every single time his crew entered. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact, here's the funny thing. Here's the ridiculousness. Did you not laugh at the fact that all these men with guns just, you're like, oh, they just go into the pal. It's so funny to me. And I'm like, oh, this is hilarious. This is, just, and, and Eddie just sits there like, mm-hmm. yep, this is a normal meeting. Hilarious, bro. I don't know what to call this particular character, but in, uh, like, just to sort of generally explain the character I'm talking about, he's the guy that will announce when people enter yes, the, yes. the palace. And there's a scene, which I won't really give away, but it has to do with um, Wesley Snipes' daughter and, and a print song. Oh, dude, when he did the first note, Dan, (laughs) Dan, I was was in tears. (laughs) Steve, check this out. Steve texts me or no, he calls me. I'm sitting there watching this movie and I'm just grinning ear to ear. And Steve calls me and I'm 37 minutes into it. And I stopped the movie and we talked for probably a good half hour on the phone. But. We immediately knew that we both loved this movie just because yes. of the way that like, no question. You, you know how like when you can hear when someone's smiling, totally, uh-huh. that's what, that's what I heard, you know, and then we, but we, you know, we always never really want to say because we're going to talk about it the next day on the store or whatever, but we just ended up like just losing it and like just fucking whatever, Dude, fawning so, over this movie. It's so Also, good. Get Off, not a bad song. I didn't like it. And I recently listened to it after the movie and I was like, you know what? I was just too young. I was Maybe too so. young. To I always like thought the song. that song was super dope. Always Did you dope. really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of I my missed favorite it Prince songs. I missed out. But you <laughs> get it now. That's song. good. Yeah, it's very good. But like, he, and he did a good job performing it too. Not bad at all. And Tiana Taylor, dude. Whew. Yeah. Where? Where is? <laughs> where is she? <laughs> where is she from? She's, I know. I she's just an artist. She's an artist. Yes, she is. She's a and and you know what's funny. Here's what they did really smart. Um, I'm not going to give it away, but they made one person that every, okay, you know, these people that you're like, yeah, they're beautiful, but something's off. They made that come across really, really well. Where you're like, at first you're like, oh man. Then the second time you see somebody, you're like, something, (laughs) something still isn't. It starts to and it starts to dawn on the another person at the same. I said that's hard to do. That's really hard to make something come across because they could have done it the wrong way, and we would all would have been like, "Oh, they're both good," but they did it the perfect way. You know, I'm sorry. I'm really trying to follow you. Which kind of clue me in? Okay, um, people, turn off your ears for a while. 
Um, what happens is they make Tiana Taylor play. The, at first beautiful, awesome, amazing. Then the next time he meets her, she's still beautiful, awesome, but something clues you in to be like, oh, gotcha. something's yes. off with this woman. I'm with but you. I don't, yeah, she didn't because... say anything wrong. It's just something even he looked at her like, uh-huh. Well, I think it is, is that, you know, without really saying what's happening, is that this particular character is groomed for one purpose only. Yes. That's it. That's it. That is it. And can probably fulfill any of your, of your desire, anything that you want. That's what this character is meant to do. By the way, speaking of things like anything you want and like throwbacks to jokes, uh, the the royal bathing, the royal oh, bathers. Uh, <laughs> Leslie Jones. Bro, I did not bathers. see that coming at all. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, for a PG-13 movie, they did they as best away. they could. Yes. They did as best they could. Because it's not, there's nothing foul. There's, is there an F word in the movie? There's got to be. There's one, I think. Yeah, I think you can only have one if it's a PG-13 movie, if I'm not mistaken. But, and I'm sure it's done, like put it this way, it's an Eddie Murphy movie and I wasn't missing the F words, if that makes no. any sense, you know? No. It, and Arsenio Hall too, like you got to give it up to him. I, I, I will say that I, when I got home from work, I started watching this movie and I, you know how just sometimes you're not in the mood to watch a comedy or whatever and it just doesn't hit you right? Yeah. I was feeling like it was going that way and I got about maybe like 20 minutes into it and, uh. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stop because I don't think my mind's in the right. I'm not in the right frame of mind for this movie. So I stopped it because I wasn't laughing or anything like that. And it was totally on me. On the rewatch, everything hit the way it's supposed to hit. I don't think every joke lands, but like nine out of ten, man. Like it's it's just so funny. Dude, and, and, it, and they even did the thing where Eddie looks at the camera. Yeah. I and said, they also. Oh, my God. And they also do some some. Uh, they throw some jokes at you that are just sort of subtle, like. There's this one scene where they're talking about sequels that don't need to be made. You know, clearly they're talking about themselves, but it's just it's just very smart the way that it's written. You know, it's, it's, like, really, it's a joke that's really good. But let me tell you what, man, and I, I'm going to try and be like tasteful and shit. But uh, Kiki Lane, maybe you guys know her from uh, <laughs> If Bill Street Could Talk. Fantastic. Uh, she was in she was in The Old Guard. She was also in Native Son. Uh, she's great. I'll just say that she is really really good. She is. <laughs> Really, really did you you know where i thought it was going on yes, the movie i, I th- okay good guess. let's just leave it there okay cool okay. i thought it was going that direction too like like oh wait you're not right <laughs> yeah i know uh-huh. this is really cryptic you guys but like if you've seen it no, you know be like oh because technically technically i thought maybe like uh but then i said no they're not gonna do that because if it would have come out that the, the, cause I don't, I, I can't even. Okay. Say let's it. just say this. I think that what I was thinking was, it was going to happen. was going to be is a case of mistaken identity. So did or I, not because that's identity, what she, but, but she alluded to it though. When she was like, what? Oh, I get, I was like, wait a minute. It's going to come out that it's not him. Yeah. But I love that line when they're in uh, New York. Oh my God. And then the apartment and she's talking about, oh yeah. She's like, but Leslie Jones was like, yeah, I was a hoe though. Really? Like I, I was <laughs> I was a hoe. She's like, I wasn't selling it. I should have, because I was just giving it away all the time. But yeah, I was a big hoe. And their family's like, yeah, you were a hoe. That <laughs> so, is, you know, dude. So it made me think like, okay, I think I know what's going to happen. It's going to be one of those things like, oh, you're not who you thought we were or who we thought you were rather. But this person is getting along with you really well. So it just all works out in the end anyway. That's is that what, what you're I going? thought it was going for. And yeah, they just yeah. switched. And I here's also what I loved. There's a death scene on this movie. <laughs> and I'm not even going to say who or what happens, but it is probably the thing I laughed at so long 
because I said, that is what you call funny. <laughs> and some the other person doesn't even react. He, rea- he reacts totally authentically. But he knows that everyone on the other side of this screen is laughing their heads off right now. Because oh. it's lunacy. <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's just it's just it's lunacy. an absurd it's an absurd scene to begin with. <laughs> an absurd idea which it ends up working out pretty well I got to say like oh, couldn't have planned that any better. Well look, I get why he did it. I mean, I get why a person does it. He's like, "You know what? Uh uh-uh, uh, I want to be around for this. Yeah. <laughs> Basically what gets played out is what we all think at one point Absolutely. in time. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. I, I kind of like that we're not it. really saying. So, dude, I, we can't ruin it, but I will at least give my rating. My rating is 3.5 out of 5 lion whiskers. Oh, that's what, that was going to be mine. But let me ask you a question. Uh-huh. It's not a bad rating, but what didn't get it a 4 or a 4.5? Um because I know uh it was a um it was a tickling my fancy. I know when someone's doing a a a trick on me and even though it's working, I afterwards I'm like, I know what you did though. You you just showed me a lot of stuff that yeah I got gotcha. you yeah it's it's like so, but it worked but I'm like let me just it worked wonderfully which is why you're getting a higher rating but you're not gonna I know what this movie is and it's not gonna be like oh wow that was groundbreaking no it wasn't groundbreaking it just made me super duper laugh yeah I feel you and I think that's why I'm pretty much right at the same rating uh, also because it didn't so three point five out of five I'm gonna go with Lion Whiskers as well but um. I think it could have been a better movie. Yes. And I'm not knocking it. Yeah. But it could have been a better movie if it had an R rating because, you know, that's where Eddie and for that matter, Arsenio Hall truly excel. Yes. That rated R humor. They're fantastic at. Uh, And Arsenio Hall is not that he ever really did anything to like uh, turn me off of him, but he sort of reminded me of how funny he can be. There is a character in this movie. Oh, my God. God called Baba. <laughs> oh my God. And I had to ask Steve, cause it's again, we're, we're dealing with like Rick Baker, like makeup. And I had to ask Steve, is that it? Like I figured it was like your brain sort of yeah, tells because you, it's too skinny to be Eddie. Yes. And your brain just sort of tells you, yeah, kind of, kind of, Oh my God. it should be Arsenio Hall. That's what we're going with. But I honestly didn't know at first. Cause the makeup's so well done. Like the prosthetics are on point on this. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to say too much more, but Baba is hilarious. Uh, the the throwbacks to the people from the original movie are hilarious. The end scene oh is fantastic. And they could have totally fucked that up. You know, it could have been. Um, I knew it was coming. At this point, you're like, everyone's here. So I knew the scene was coming, but it, they could have messed it up a little bit. And I think oh, it's a really it good was, job, man. Dude, and they picked the right song for someone. A perfect song for a certain someone to do. And I was like, oh, I wouldn't have ever thought. And in my, the thing is, for me, the ending hit the nail on the head so wonderfully because it was a celebration of, we're all celebrating that this happened. I was celebrating along with them. And people watch the credits because, yeah. man, there are some great bloopers. And you can tell that they're genuinely enjoying their, like, you can tell they just had so fun. Jesus Absolutely. Christ, let me try that again. Absolutely. You can just have they had so much fun is what I'm trying to say. And, uh you see it like on their face, the way that they're laughing, these, these, uh, like how stupid are we being right now? Kind of yeah, stuff. We you did. Know? Eddie genuinely, la- he does. There's a blooper at the end where Eddie's doing something to Arsenio and he's genuinely laughing. Like yeah. this is ridiculous. What? I mean, and I love it because they're like, yeah, we're, we're just having a good time. And I know that, um, 
with kids, Eddie's not going to be the Eddie he was with children. He has children now. So he's not going to be that weird Eddie. And I think that's a reason why this movie was so political. Because he sees what his kids are going through and is like, you know what? This is a problem. And there's a, a few political things they say. And I love that he didn't shy away from it. He just straight up says certain things. I mean, there's one quote. I won't ruin it. Well, you won't know when it's coming. Where like, he's not, they're like, this guy isn't any particular, you know, smart at all. But he's a man. That's generally all you need. I was like, wow, that's, wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like that is an impressive thing to throw in a comedy. And also there's a description of Nazis nowadays that is exactly I was like, oh look at him! Look at him go. There's also a scene that's on this tip, like what we're talking about has a what's his name? Colin, how do you say it? Colin? Colin Jost. Jost, Jost yeah. Holy I'm not going to say crap, his, dude. what he's in this movie for, but it's brilliant if you have paid attention to Eddie movie, excuse me, Eddie Murphy movies in the past. Oh. If you're a fan of 80s Eddie Murphy movies, pay attention to this character in this particular scene because I was like, oh shit, I love how they did that. And then they just left it alone. However, the scene that takes place between Colin Jost oh. and uh, again, what's his name? I'm Jermaine sorry. Fowler. Yeah. There's a dialogue that goes on there Jesus. that is so real, like so real. And it's, I know Dan has met people like this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the face popped up so Dude, quickly. <laughs> You're you so right about met that. People, and the thing is, Colin Jost has a a a a. I didn't realize he has that face until he was on the other side of the desk, and I was like, "Oh, they picked the perfect person." There's no they really one. Did. It's a perfect face for the only person that would have been no him. He's a great face for this thing. It, yeah. it was a really good scene. And I think, uh, again, people just watch it, especially if you've watched Coming to America, watch this movie and you will have a good time. And, you know, just because it just came out, hopefully you're hearing this before you watch it. Seriously, do yourself a favor and watch the first one. If yes. you're if you're rusty on it, I really wish I would have done that. I plan on doing it again because Gail hasn't watched this yet. So I'm going to watch it again oh, with her. Dude. But I want to see the first one first, just it. for the, you know, for the sight gags and stuff like that. But um yeah, it's it's only getting a 3.5 from me just because of I really wish that it would have been a rated R movie and I think that might be it actually. Like it's 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 more than fine, wouldn't you agree? Yes, I would say it's it's really fun especially primarily for people that are in our age group or yeah. kids that are just really people like Jeffrey that just love older movies and they get it, they'll like this too because they get coming to america and they would get this one too oh by the way if you're like into like uh <laughs> salt and pepper and vogue maybe glass night i'm just vogue. gonna say they look great yeah they did actually I, i'm gonna just say they're there too and but i'm not gonna say why and i mean they, it was fun to see everybody and uh it's great it's great people fantastic yeah, I would say this is the movie that probably brought me the most joy out of what we watched this week. Like, yeah. I just because I really wanted to like it and I was sort of afraid. I don't know why I, I doubt Eddie. I really don't know why I doubt him because I was sort of afraid that it was going to be a situation like that with Dolomite, too. Dolomite is my name. And we all know, like, how that movie is. You and I both know how good that movie is, Steve, and what, oh, how dude, we felt about it. He did a great job. Yeah. And where I do, I think that that's actually a. Hmm. Is it a better movie? Which movie do you think is better? Uh, Dolomite. Yeah, I think so too. Dolomite is just a that movie. it's it's a different type of a movie. That's more of a dramedy. 
where this is straight. He had nothing uh, to play on. There wasn't. I didn't have any connection to Dolomite, and he still made me laugh and be sad. Yeah, that's pretty much it. But uh, I can't recommend it enough. Actually, I'm so happy to say that Coming to America nailed it. (laughs) They actually closed the deal. Yes, and it was, and they didn't waste our times with a remake of like why. Why did you do that? You know what I mean? Uh, Again, uh, it's kind of a 50-50 situation, but the whole Bill and Ted thing, and I know people that just absolutely hated that movie, and I was like, well, it's just a Bill and Ted. Like, that's what it's supposed to be. That's what you've bought. Yeah, but same thing with this one. It's just that it wasn't watered down. Like, if they would have been given the the freedom to just go for it and make a, a rated R movie, which I'm sure they probably could have at one point, and I'm sure they have a reason for doing it that way, but dude they would have just it just would have been maybe just as good like it's really fucking good for a pg-13 movie i loved it it's so good dude so yeah that's the size of it man i think that's it i think so too man i think we uh we wrapped it up nicely you know what no one came in to say hi yeah, I don't know. I think it's all right. Actually, I just enjoyed talking to you more anyway. But uh, speaking of this whole uh, Riverside FM thing where we're taking live calls and stuff like that, we really are trying to figure out a way to where we can incorporate it into the show. Maybe not every day, but what we're looking for is for people to call in and just kind of hang out and listen. It's like you're listening to the show. Right? Someone's listening. Uh, someone put. Oh, it's Favon. Favon's still listening. Favon should have been on. I don't know what happened, Favon. I see you there. Hi. Thank you very much. You said you guys killed it. Thank you. But I really wish you could have been on, but getting back to what I'm saying is we're trying to get people to kind of just hang out in this little audience area. You can just chill. I believe you should be able to chat with, with each other while we're doing our thing, but it would be kind of cool for times like when say, you know, like I said, if Rob Forrest would have jumped on, we could have talked about something that Steve hasn't seen or vice versa. Uh, sometimes maybe when we're having like a debate about music or something like that, it's nice to have like a third yeah, person. Have somebody there. on the show that I'm right. Yeah, that, but <laughs> Anyway, I think you get the point, but we're really trying to do some things with this. Uh, there, look forward, guys. I think you can actually look forward to having us do a live stream. So if you're not part of the Heroes of Noise podcast community, know that just this morning we were considering going live and just like streaming the show on there. And uh, according to Steve, my internet sucks. So we weren't able to do it. Who was that? Hold on, hold on. Oh, it's Adam. Adam was the one that was on there. Tell him I said, what's up? What's up, Adam? See, this is the weird, like what we're doing right now is not really how we want to. It's cool. And I'm glad that like, I know people are here listening and everything, but I was thinking that it was going to be a situation where, uh, I don't want it to be like when you're watching an Instagram live stream and they're just like talking and they'll stop for like 10 seconds and then go, Oh yeah, yeah. I have been doing that Jessica or whatever. You know what I mean? Like we're trying to get like a full on live experiment, uh, live experience rather. So bear with us on this. It's, it's a little bit of a tricky thing because I'm not used to doing video and stuff like that. I actually hate doing video, but that said, I really enjoyed the last thing we did on Patreon. And if you like that kind of stuff, I think we're, there's going to be more of it. Okay. There's going to be time for us to talk to you. So if we haven't spoken to you guys, I love it that people call in and I love people call in multiple times and stuff. And I, I totally welcome that. But if you haven't ever spoken to us, maybe you wanted to, or maybe you just wanted to like kind of dip your toe into the podcast water and jump on a show. I highly recommend you do this. When we put these links up, we'll try to give you a little more warning, but yeah, let's go for it. I guess it's kind of uh, reasonable to say that the reason that people didn't call in that much anyway on this particular one is that we're doing this midday. People are at work. A lot of people are at work. So, but anyway, I'm going to stop babbling. That's the end of the show. Go ahead and take us out, buddy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's been fun. Had a great time talking to my boy. I hope all of y'all have a wonderful day. Enjoy the weekend. I love y'all. Peace out.
Yeah, what he said. And I'm sorry about the whole uh, cash money millionaires thing. I just don't know, man. But I think you got my point of what I was saying, like in a roundabout kind of way. But anyway, I uh, I bid you guys a fantastic weekend. Take care of yourselves and just have some fun. Spend time with your family. I think that's super important. And uh, do me a favor. I ask this every now and then. Tell five people about Heroes of Noise, would you? I would really appreciate if you would do that. Seriously. Leave your iTunes reviews. Let us know you're there. And again, thank you so much for listening to us. Every show that we do is like a gift that you guys give back to us because you're there. And, we, and I really appreciate that. So with that said, people, be good to yourselves. Be good to the people around you. Peace.